Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm George. And I'm Amanda. George and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season, season 24 for me and season 28 for George. This is day 16 of season 96. Our first question asks us, in essence, what's the tennis version of the Tiger Slam? Right, and it explains uh, what that refers to. It's not quite a Grand Slam. It's sort of a little bit uh, time-shifted, let's say because not all of these championships may be held in the same calendar year. Uh Um, So the equivalent of this, it it notes that the player to attain it won Wimbledon in 2015. um, And I don't know if it even says, uh, it it doesn't explain that this player is male or female. I'm only now just noticing. Uh Um, But really only one tennis player comes to mind when I think of just winning lots and lots and lots of championships and that is serena williams and so i figured since it since the form here seems to be first name slam i figured serena slam sounded pretty catchy as well um and so you know based on how it it kind of falls trippingly off the tongue um i said serena slam uh yeah i'm I, I just knew this one. This is a thing that mm. gets talked about. I I had kind of I had to read the question a few times to understand that really the the only difference between the two is the Tiger Slam is in golf, the Serena Slam is in tennis. Because I I had kind of internalized it somehow, or I, or I thought that there was some difference between the two. Other than that, oh. I don't know what that difference was. I don't think I'd ever really thought about it, but. Um, yeah, it's kind of like there's uh, you know, the the Grand Slam is the same in both tennis and golf. It's winning the four majors in a calendar year, right? And this is just doing that, but not in a calendar year. So, yeah. So yeah, this is Serena Slam, mm-hmm. and that was in fact the correct answer. Um, question two asks us basically who were the first two combatants in World War One, and specifically which declared war on which. Uh, so the reason that World War I happened, the, the, the spark that ignited it, was the assassination of the Austro-Hungarian Duke, Archduke Franz Ferdinand by the Serbian nationalist Gavrilo Princip. Uh, and it, uh, that was the, uh, what most historians will call a pretext for Austria-Hungary to declare war on Serbia uh, because they felt that the Serbian government was uh, encouraging this sort of nationalistic uh, oh. fervor and violence, and therefore that's that was who who started it. We'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this one, I I think I keyed a little too much on the statement about uh, two monarchies that would not exist, and a little too little on the as such mm. phrase in there. Um, cause I figured, okay, I know we no longer have an Austria Hungary. And I thought, I know the guy that assassinated the Archduke was Serbian, but I didn't think it was Serbia that, um, necessarily was the country in question. Okay. Cause there are, you know, lots of different ethnic groups in that whole area that don't necessarily adhere to the current country borders, the past country borders, mm-hmm. like, I, I guess it didn't 
sort of restrict my brain from thinking, well, it has to be Serbia because Princip was Serbian. Um, I, I kind of thought it has to be another one of those old timey country names that we no longer use. And what's the one that comes up in the same time period? Well, Prussia seems like a likely candidate there. Um, and I don't, you know, I didn't exactly know what part or parts of Europe that that encompassed, but I thought, sure, it has to be Austria-Hungary and Prussia. Uh, I believe Prussia was essentially gone at this point. It was a constituent mm. of Germany uh, as of the late 19th century. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, Germany kind of jumping in on this is what turned this into World War I. Ah. Uh, because once that happened, everybody else was like, okay, hold on, we're on this side, we're on that side, we're on the other side. Fair uh, enough. In the 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 onions are dumb century book, <laughs> uh, there was a great uh, their their headline in World War One was something like Germany declares war on Austria, Hungary declares war on Serbia, declares war on Russia, <laughs> declares war on. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I think one of the sub headlines was like somehow Denmark declared war on itself or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, so, yeah, it was it was just the tangle of uh, alliances and assurances and nobody thinking that anybody was really going to go to war over this thing and yet all right question three asks us to name a person who became a massively influential publisher or figure in the publishing world as of 1996 yeah this one i didn't you know well two things came to mind number one i don't know anything about famous you know, Mississippians who graduated from Tennessee State, um, born in 1954 kind of helped because I'm picturing, okay, this person is, you know, of a particular age. Um, and I thought, you know, that timeline of September 1996, so that's when that person is 42 years old. So who would be like a 42-year-old who was really influencing what was you know published or popular or what have you and i thought well is that when oprah's book club started that sounds about right mm, yeah, um yeah. could she have graduated from these universities and been born in 1954 well yeah that mm -hmm, sounds mm -hmm. that sounds uh pretty good indeed um i'm guessing tennessee state is a historically black college I is that the case i believe so i may be thinking of texas um, state though and so uh you know kind of with that vague sense in mind, I don't think I even articulated that to myself until talking about it right now. Um, I thought that probably that had to be Oprah Winfrey, um, just because it, um, the question sort of suggests like overnight, this person became super influential in publishing, mm -hmm. which, you know, some celebrity having their book club. And she really was the first one of that, yeah. um, ilk basically, uh, that that would fit that timeline, so I put down Winfrey. I did not think of that. I I figured that I I keyed in on Mississippian, mm. uh, and you know nineties and kind of influential and dominant in publishing as to be an author, because mm. I I couldn't think of like a, a publisher in the nineties like simon and schuster no that was way before uh, that. Uh -huh. uh, so i thought maybe this was john grisham oh um who you know, i believe is uh, 
a Mississippian by birth and certainly by uh, uh, by his or that's certainly where he was when he became a, a big famous author. Ah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just nineties. Uh, yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. Was he massively influential and dominant? I I mean, he kind of you know birthed a lot of the this legal thriller or you know po- very much popularized that legal thriller genre that was really big in the 90s sure um, you know made a lot of money for a lot of people selling books and selling movies so sure we'll go with grisham the answer was oprah winfrey well done thank you i i would have sworn that she was from virginia originally like once i saw it i i, I thought oh yeah tennessee state i remember hearing about that because ah. i think like she didn't quite graduate, but then went back a few years later, but like not not when she was like Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I, but yeah, I, I remembered that. Yeah. Okay. Tennessee State. That makes sense. Yeah. She was. She was there. That was that was her alma mater. But, but yeah, I didn't I didn't think she was from Mississippi. I don't know why. Well, I didn't really think so either. Um, I I the farthest back I know about her was. The fact that her talk show kind of launched in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And so if I had had to guess where she was from, I would have said somewhere in Illinois. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's plenty of reasons anybody from anywhere might end up in Chicago. But you kind of just assume like, well, you get your start in broadcasting in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Aren't you probably from either Chicago land or Illinois more broadly? That's what I would have guessed. So this was just kind of a puzzling my way through it based on the other bits well done thank you again uh question four asks us uh what word is substituted uh or rather what word was substituted uh with some other word in the advertising jingle i'm going to wash that gray rat out of my hair which came from a song in south pacific I don't know why I know this. I don't think I've ever seen South Pacific as yes, such. Yes, you have. I have. Oh, did we did we go to see that at MSU? <laughs> we did. Okay. I don't remember much about it. Uh, I, I don't really remember <laughs> any of the songs as mm-hmm. such. Um, but I, I know that this was, I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have a much, uh, a much larger memory of the ad campaign. Mm-hmm. than I do of the of the songs of South Pacific. Sure. So so that's uh and and I I I think I was only kind of sure of this one. Like it it, oh. it was one of those ones where man immediately came to mind and I thought, yeah, that makes sense. Do I know anything about it? I do not. Like I can I can imagine yes, that definitely fits the meter of the song, but virtually any one syllable word would. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Does it does it fit what I remember of South Pacific? Not having remembered seeing it, but knowing the broad strokes of it. No, but <laughs> I don't know that anything would. Um, you know, I'm I'm. It's not. I'm gonna wash that tropical breeze out of my hair or <laughs> that coconut out of my hair. But okay, we'll go with that man. Sure. Yeah, th- this one uh, definitely came to mind to me right away, um, and you know I. I do find it <laughs> sort of hilarious that we went to see this together and you have no memory <laughs> whatsoever of it. I, I um, dimly remember it now that you <laughs> mentioned it, but I may be constructing that memory. The the other songs that, you know, people might recognize from it would be things like Bali High 
or you have to be carefully taught. Um, but this one is such a direct lift from, you know, the, um, the original musical. It's the exact same song. It's just, you know, man and gray in place of man. Um, my only slight difficulty with this question was figuring out, um, exactly what it's kind of trying to get at because the phrasing of it is awkward um you know it, it suggests like there's there's a, a lack of parallelism or something so it sounds like the jingle this whole title i'm going to wash that gray out of my hair replaces what word from the original song mm. like the jingle doesn't replace the word right and what you're being asked for is the word and it doesn't tell you which word in the jingle is being replaced. Like it's, um, you know, conceivably somebody could be thinking, oh, well, it must be, I'm going to wash that gray right out of my blank. Okay. You know, and I don't know how intentional that is. If it's trying to, to ensure that, you know, you definitely know the original was, I'm going to wash that gray right out, that man right out of my hair. See, I'm, already, <laughs> I, I'm more familiar with the eighties jingle, if I'm truthful, because, mm -hmm. I've seen South Pacific, like the movie of it probably once in the eighties and then, you know, saw the stage version and that, that traveling company, um, more recently, but boy, I heard that Clairol ad just probably dozens, if not hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, it's just kind of lucky that I happen to have, uh, seen that, um, seen the musical i mean the song itself is reasonably famous but i think the jingle outstripped it for fame you know mm -hmm. at least unless you know maybe that's slightly generational but um the uh, long story short is i did know that this was man because that's the that was the idea of uh the original song so that's what i put down and that's correct Question five asks us for an American agribusiness and food company that is headquartered in Minnesota and named in reference thereto. Minnesota is the land of a thousand lakes. Um, and so, yeah, I thought agribusiness, uh, Minnesota, all those lakes has to be land of lakes. Um, and the, you know, again, the very slight hesitation, I, I really never questioned putting anything else but that down. Uh, is just that calling it an agribusiness and food company, um, it like, I'm trying to think of what products they make besides the butter <laughs> specifically. Um, I, I'm sure there are a few other things that are all kind of dairy and butter related. I guess they probably do. They must do some like, I don't know, sour cream or something. Uh, and so it took me a little, you know, a little bit of thinking to say, okay, yes, this company that I associate with really one specific product or small subcategory of products um, qualifies as an agribusiness and food company. Like, I guess it does. That just sounds so much broader than, you know, the butter company basically mm -hmm. is what I think of Land O'Lakes being. Um, but that was a pretty, th that was kind of just, you know, the brain trying to do due, due diligence to make sure, like, <laughs> am I reading this right? Am I, you know, homing in on the right, uh, you know, target here? 
Um, and so I, I reassured myself of that fact and put down Lando Lakes with no punctuation at all because you don't have to. Yep. Uh, yeah, my, my first thought was 3M. I thought, no, <laughs> not agribusiness. It is named after Minnesota, not mm-hmm. agribusiness. All right, let's. And then, yeah, we'll just kind of had to think home state, Minnesota, what's. What would be named in reference to Minnesota? Oh, Land Lakes. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And I also did not punctuate it. And that was the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Although, I guess an apostrophe after the O is makes sense. where that goes. I I couldn't swear to like, does it have dashes between each word? Yeah, I wasn't like, sure either. Mm-hmm. So I didn't bother. Finally, question six asks us about an R&B legend who started a Parade of Stars telethon supporting the United Negro College Fund, uh, which ran from 1980 until 2006, uh, when he died. So this is one of those ones that I just kind of had to let bounce around in my head and think like, parade of stars, parade of stars, parade of stars, parade of stars, and just kind of, because I knew it was in there, because I knew this was from the days when there were three uh, television channels four if you were lucky <laughs> True. and you would see you you might not see everything but you saw ads for everything mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the 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 sheer the, the name of this was imprinted somewhere in my brain <laughs> um and i just so i kind of let it drift and let me let it sit there and you know, tried pushing in some names. I'm like, no, it's not the, it, it wasn't the, uh, I don't know, I've even forgotten the, the name of the, not Otis Redding. Uh, you know, wasn't alive that long and it wasn't, it wasn't these other ones that I could think of. And I just kind of, so I was just, all right, I'm just going to let it sit there. And then, um, uh, I came back to it later and thought the Lou Rawls parade of star, Lou Rawls parade of stars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's kind of that's kind of tickling that part of my brain from many many years ago when I would just see ads for it every now and then. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, okay, the Lou Rawls Parade of Stars. I'll go with that. For well, lack of anything better. Well, I am impressed because um, I feel like I have never heard of this in my life, and it's a weird thing to feel like I've never heard of. Because if it started in 1980 and it was a big television event, like, just like you said, there were such a narrow, you know, set of outlets for these things that how did I not, you know, encounter it? Um, Mm -hmm. And it may just be it wasn't the kind of thing my parents were likely to watch. So how else would I Mm -hmm. come in contact with it? Um, I, you know, possibly I had heard of it in the background because the name I came out with was Ray Charles, mm-hmm. which is not, you know, a couple, the same number of syllables, some of the same yeah, letters yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, and I thought that sounded close enough. I thought I had a pretty decent shot of it being correct, but this did not like, there are plenty of things that I, you know, heard of from this time that would have at least sort of, rung a bell and i'd be like oh i hadn't thought about that in 40 years and this was not one of them um it just you know had nothing to 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 hang on to for my personal brain so uh once i thought of ray charles like i was basically just going with 
who's an R&B legend mm -hmm. who may have died around 2006. Sure. That's it. That's all I had to go on effectively. Um, so I, I put down Charles thinking of Ray. Reasonable. Maybe Flew Rawls. Very good. So, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's going to play real hard and I real generational. I can hope. <laughs> um, and I th also think I, I had four on the day. Um, you know, I, I'm always dismayed about missing the world history ones like that. So mm. um, I'm less so about, you know, I, I think even as a pop music um, question that that one plays pretty tough. Um, but, uh, but you had five. Yeah, I had five. I'm, uh, annoyed at myself for missing the Oprah one, uh, just cause it was, it, Grisham just didn't fit it. Mm. Like that just mm -hmm. wasn't, it wasn't a, a good, bad answer. Sure. The interesting thing though is this is, would you say this is a literature question? Hmm. And the reason I ask is because for someone who knows the answer, it becomes a TV question. And will they think, oh, mm. he'll know this because yeah. his TV score is good. Yeah, possible. So Possible. Like, I would not, I would I would not have put a lot on that I, I if would, I was scoring it for you. So yeah. I, I would say it's a literature question, but mm -hmm. I'm, I, I, I'm only about 60% on that. I could be convinced it's a television question. It's kind of a business econ question too, mm -hmm. except that we have the Land O'Lakes question, which is mm. right down Definitely the middle of, business, of econ, yeah. business econ. So there aren't usually two from the same category, um, but that's not exclusive either. It's, mm -hmm. you know, uh, there could be, but anyway, I think they will expect you to know Oprah Winfrey better than Lou Rawls. Yeah, I suspect so that. So you've I, got that going for you. Yeah, I don't think nice. I'm going to get six today. <laughs> Six points, mm. but we'll see. Well, maybe a little more. We'll see. Could be. And that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. And remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat. <laughs>